You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Here's what the Bible says. Romans chapter 3. There is none righteous, not one. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All right, so we are flawed and we can't buy or work our way into heaven. We can't earn our way in. In fact, Jesus is going to tell us no one can ascend to heaven. That's why he came. There's many things in life that we can accomplish on our own. It could be a career, a family, a business, or even fame. But did you know that there is one place where we as humans can't possibly ascend without assistance? Today, Pastor Dion reveals there's only one way to heaven. We're all born with sin. We lack the ability to forgive ourselves. But God provided a way out for us by sending His only Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us so that our sins could now be forgiven and that we could have eternal life in Jesus. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of John chapter 3 with today's edition of The Simple Truth. responds quickly to true seekers. He really does. And Nicodemus was a true seeker. And so he comes and Jesus cuts to the chase. He just answers his question. Nicodemus was pondering the most important question anyone could ever ask. Will I go to heaven? And how can I be sure? Have you ever pondered that question? Have you ever wrestled with doubt? Well, Jesus doesn't want us to be uncertain. He wants us to have security, confidence, clarity about going to heaven. So Jesus declared to him right away, you must be born again to get into heaven. It wasn't a suggestion, an option, or a recommendation. It was imperative. In fact, let's read it again together. You must be born again. Say it out loud. You must be born. You must. It's imperative. Meaning that we weren't born right the first time. Houston, we have a problem. But what was Jesus talking about? Why do we need to be born again? And how can we be born again? I mean, Nicodemus was about as confused as a goat on AstroTurf, you know, when Jesus told him. Looking at Jesus like a dog in a new pan, you know, like he just got off the bus. What? Thank God Nicodemus wasn't too proud to ask questions. Let's hear the conversation. Jesus tells Nicodemus to be born again, and Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, again, read it out loud with me, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, 
And you hear the sound of where it comes from, where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you a teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? Truly I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe it if I tell you heavenly things? So Nicodemus comes out of the darkness and catches Jesus and his disciples and said, you know, Jesus, I know you're a teacher sent from God. And Jesus says, you must be, cuts to the chase, you must be born again. Answers the question that's been gnawing on Nicodemus' heart. And he tells him, you know, you got to be born again. And then he explains, Jesus explained that in order to secure heaven as our home, we need to be born of the water and spirit. Everybody say, and spirit. We've all been born of water. That's symbolic for physical birth. The water of the womb. But you must be born again. All right? That's what Jesus says. We need a spiritual birth. Because our physical lives, our flesh, is flawed. So when Jesus looks at him and says, you must be born again, and Nicodemus is like, what do you mean? He says that you need to be born of the water, that's a physical birth, but you also need to be born again. You need a spiritual birth. Because our flesh, nature, is flawed. We've been infected with an incurable virus. Way worse than COVID-19. Listen, masks, sanitizer, or disinfectant won't help against this incurable virus. And this incurable virus was passed down from our parents. So along with your freckles and your dimples and your receding hairline and your big bones and your hobbit feet, you know, you also got, you also got this. Everybody said what? Sin and death. That's the generational curse that the Bible talks about. Sin and death. And we all got it. And listen, we don't need any testing or contract tracing Everyone is born with this generational curse because of Adam and Eve. Because of their rebellion and their disobedience, they jacked us up, if I can say it that way. Because of them, we are all sinners. Everybody say all. We are all flawed with a sin nature. We have, you know, some people may have trouble believing that. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, kind, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. You know, you're like a esqueleto. You know, it's because you only believe in science. <laughs> but for all of those of you who only believe in science, consider toddlers. No one teaches them how to be stingy, demanding, selfish. No one teaches them how to throw tantrums when they don't get their way. That is in the nature. It's pre-programmed in their DNA. So our little darlings are also little deviants. We're all born with it. Listen, we aren't sinners because we sin. We sin because we're natural born sinners. I'm going to say it again. We aren't sinners because we sin. We sin because we're natural born sinners. Now some might sin more or worse than others. Right? Some people are worse sinners and sin more than others, but all of you still have an inner gangster. I'm a good person. You are. You're sweet, but a psycho. 
In fact, the Bible confirms it. Here's what the Bible says. Romans chapter 3. There is none righteous, not one. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All right, so we are flawed and we can't buy or work our way into heaven. We can't earn our way in. In fact, Jesus is going to tell us no one can ascend to heaven. That's why he came. Jesus didn't come to make bad men good or good men better. Jesus came to make dead men alive. I'm going to say it again. Jesus didn't come to make bad men good or good men better. He came to make all of us who are dead alive. Now you can applause because that's great. Watch what Jesus says, verse 13. No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him may have eternal life. So Jesus tells Nicodemus, before he asks the question, if you want to get into heaven, you've got to be born again. Nicodemus is like, what does that mean? Well, hey, listen, it's because we're flawed. Our sin, we have a sinful nature. That sinful nature, you're born of the water, but it's flawed. So you must be born again. You must have a spiritual birth. And he tells them why. He tells them why he has to have that. And Jesus says, and listen, you can't earn your way. You can't get ascend into heaven. There are some accomplishments that we can achieve on our own. Career, family, business, finance, position, title, fame. You can get that on your own. But there is one place that you can't ascend without help. Heaven. Everybody said out loud, what? Heaven. The only way in to heaven is to be born again, to have a spiritual birth. And Jesus explains that spiritual birth And he says it doesn't happen with baptism or confirmation. It doesn't happen because of church attendance or good works. Spiritual birth happens by this. Everybody said out loud, what is it? Faith. But let me define that. Faith is not just mental agreement. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Faith is a committed action. Kind of like the acrobat who walked across the tightrope twice with, I mean, really easy. Then the acrobat got a wheelbarrow and asked, who believes uh, I can wheel this barrow across the tightrope? And several people, you know, affirmed their, with cheers. And he said, yeah, 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 until he said, who wants to volunteer to get into the wheelbarrow? Yeah, because he says, hey, who here believes I can wheel someone across the tightrope in this wheelbarrow? And they're cheering. They were saying, yes, 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 easily. We watch you walk across. And then he said, who wants to get in? All of a sudden, see guys, mental ascent agrees. I believe you can. Faith gets in the wheelbarrow. Jesus said, believe and receive God's gift of salvation that came down from heaven. Who's he talking about? Himself. Trust in me. Climb into my cart, Jesus is saying. That's how you get it. We know why you need it, why you need to be born again. But then he says, this is how you, by trusting and believing me, not just mental assent, mental agreement. Yes, you are the Savior. Give him a wink. No, no, no. It's jumping into his cart. 
In fact, Jesus used an Old Testament story to communicate this. We read it after the deliverance from Egypt. All of the children of Israel were delivered from Egypt. The Jews were traveling through an arid desert toward the promised land. There were two and a half million Jews that the exodus that took place out of Egypt that were delivered by God's hand and they were traveling through the wilderness, 10 square mile campground. Well, one of the places that they camped out for the night, deadly serpents invaded their camp. People were bitten and death was imminent. They were dying. And so Moses asked God for help. God instructed Moses to make a bronze snake hanging on a pole. He told him to put it in an elevated location for the entire camp to see. If people who were bitten and dying looked to that particular snake on the pole, they would somehow miraculously be healed or reborn, so to speak. They would get another lease on life because the vapor bite was deadly. Well, guys, the Old Testament was a shadow of things that were to come. A shadow is an indistinct representation, a bulto, a silhouette. Kind of like the Old Testament Passover lamb was a shadow of the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You guys got that? Well, guys, the serpent on the pole was a shadow of our Savior on the cross. He took our sin on the cross and became an ugly serpent. In fact, God even abandoned Jesus while he was on the cross because he became, he took our sin. Jesus cried from the cross to the Father, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Well, if we who are infected with death will put our faith in Jesus like they did in the serpent on the pole. He will regenerate us. He will birth us anew. And this secures heaven for us. Believing in Christ's sacrifice, that that blood, shed blood, is the redeeming factor for our lives. That was a good place to shout and cheer, and the people online are doing it, but you missed it. You missed it. That's all right. Let's finish the text. Very familiar. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. So our faith, guys, our committed action to jump into Jesus' cart causes the Holy Spirit to regenerate us, to birth us anew. So Jesus explained to Nicodemus the why he needed to be born again, because your nature is flawed. And then he said, and this is how you do it. You can't ascend there by yourself. You need help. That's why I came down. And just like that serpent was hanging on a pole, the Son of Man will also become sin and take your sin and become your sacrifice. Isn't that awesome, guys? So that we and whoever looks and believes and trusts and jumps into my cart will be saved and 
heaven will be secured for them. Isn't that awesome? That's great, right? He'll regenerate us. A spiritual life begins when we put faith in Christ. Jesus said, and then Jesus said, this rebirth is like the wind. Though you don't see it, you can see the results of it. He said, so listen, when that regeneration, when that rebirth, when you become born again, when you put your faith in Christ, there's not going to be any evidence, changes, but you're going, or I should say, obvious to you. You won't see the Spirit actually birth you anew, but you will see the evidence of the spiritual rebirth take place. Just like you can, the wind is there, you can't see it, but you see the results of it. If you are a Christian, if you are born again, there will be evidence that you are. Are you ready? What's the evidence? Well, guys, once we are truly born again, the first evidence is there will be a hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's going to be the first thing that surfaces. You're going to want to know more about the Lord. You're going to want to be more like Him. You know, so listen, if there is not, if someone says, I prayed the prayer, I'm born again, but they have no desire to learn more, to go to church, to get in the Bible, they have no desire, then they're probably not born again. Because the first evidence is that you want to hunger and thirst after righteousness. You want to know more about him. And you want, I see people, everybody nodding their head. That's me, that's me, that's so awesome, right? That's one evidence. The other evidence is your hard heart begins to soften. The love and compassion of Christ begins to swell in your heart. You who used to be a coloduro. You know, you who are like an Easter egg, ornamented on the outside, but you are solid on the inside. All of a sudden, it begins to soften up a sensitivity that you don't understand. You didn't initiate. It comes from within. It's the wind. You don't see it. You didn't see the rebirth, but you're beginning to see the evidence. Here's another one, another evidence. Your sinfulness becomes more obvious and it begins to repulse you. So when you're born again, when you first become born again, then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, that profanity that comes out of your mouth, you're like, ah, oh, ah, oh, oh. You didn't even, it didn't bother you before. Your anger, your attitude, your cockiness, your pride. But once you're born again, all of a sudden, you begin to see your own sinfulness, and it looks disgusting to you. You're repulsed by it. Here's another evidence. Your fear of death begins to fade away because you're secure and confident and certain of where you will spend eternity, right? That's another confidence. You know, obviously we take all the precautions we possibly can with this virus or in life. You know, we don't go haphazardly just doing things. But by the same token, we all, as Christians, as born-again believers, we all have this understanding. If something was to go sideways, if I was to get T-boned, blindsided by some disease or sickness or something, here's what I know. I know that if the Lord doesn't heal me, I know where I'm going, right? That's the evidence. So listen, if you aren't experiencing those changes... You need to be born again. You need to be born again. And Jesus is inviting you to commit yourself, to get in the wheelbarrow, 
Come on. Don't just say, yes, I believe. But jump in wholeheartedly. Jump to his cart and trust him completely. If that's you, will you pray with me right now? Out loud together. Father, I know I'm a sinner. And I need your forgiveness. I've run from you. I've ignored you. I've even fought you. But today, day I surrender. I repent for my sin. And I turn to you. Wash me clean. I jump into your cart wholeheartedly. Change me. I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen. So many of us have had that, you know, we've been born again. We've seen evidence in our lives of change. But if you've been born again and have noticed recently a decrease in those changes, like the Laodicean church in Revelation that was neither hot nor cold, if you've experienced that, like the Laodicean church, Jesus is knocking at the door. And if you get up out of your funk and let him fire you up once again, he will. But only you can open that door. And I'm hoping that this disconnect has caused many to appreciate and value more their faith and their relationship and this place that he is building, his church. I hope that more folks are realizing how much and how desperately we need this place to grow and continue to thrive in our spiritual lives. I hope so. Because we can obviously kind of just level out. We let our passion go. Jesus saying, we're living in the last days, man. And not only do I want you to come with me, Jesus is saying, but I want you to bring several people with you. And if you are lackluster, if you are not shining to your fullest capacity, you need to. Because people need to see it more now than ever. Do you agree? So for those of you that might be experiencing that, saying, Lord, I need to open that door. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for our church family members and for those who are watching um, live. Maybe their passion for you has kind of dwindled. They've lost that loving feeling. Lord, I pray that by your Spirit, they would hear your knocking, your voice. That they would rededicate and recommit their life completely to you. And Lord, that you would begin to invigorate them inspire them through the power of your Holy Spirit to once again be vibrant and be bright in their faith. Thank you for doing this, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You've been listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova. We're so glad that you're here today. Pastor Dion has been getting up close and personal with this series entitled Encounters with Jesus, 
Can you imagine living during the days that Jesus walked the earth? Picture even being a part of his entourage, traveling around the area witnessing his miraculous acts. Even more important than that would be observing the way that he treated people, interacting with the outcasts and the sick, embracing them, and loving them for who they were. That's what Pastor Dion has been teaching on throughout the gospel books that detail Jesus' life here on earth. What a gift and honor it must have been to be in the presence of Jesus during those days. Thanks for joining us here today. The Simple Truth is a ministry of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel in Española, New Mexico. We're coming close to the end of our time here today, but if you don't want it to end, well, we've got some great news for you. Are you ready for it? We've got more eye-opening messages stored up for you. Just head over to tmcalvary.com to find them. At tmcalvary.com, you'll find a link to our YouTube archive with hundreds of messages from Pastor Dion. You can also go to the Media tab to find more messages from this series. Once again, that website is tmcalvary.com to access those encouraging and helpful resources. Well, our time together is up, but we'll be back again with more from Pastor Dion as he continues this series, Encounters with Jesus, right here on The Simple Truth. In the deeds we sow, let us join our hands and together we stand. Together.